0: What's up, my fellow scruffy looking nerf herders, and welcome to the Carbonite Chat. Today, I'm going to get back to kind of my more typical videos after the video yesterday where I decided a new tactic to try to explain the issues with The Last Jedi. I want to kind of return to a little bit more of my typical one. Uh, still have a mess a bit around here from peanuts everywhere, but um, I wanted to discuss conflict. In The Last Jedi and how it fails. I um, had a quick little response and back and forth with uh, Robert Weigman. <clears throat> and we were discussing from a prior video on you know how Vader was an incredible villain. And how The Last Jedi failed because their villains are just bumbling. And this is some of the stuff I've talked about before. But he brought up something that I I hadn't thought of. I discussed around it and had not really connected this. And it was brilliant i wanted to discuss it a little bit further much like how i actually responded to him but i just wanted to expound on that in a video his comment that he brought up that i had not really considered was <clears throat> the failure that there was no teamwork there was no camaraderie between the members of the resistance the only conflict really in the movie was just two characters not getting along and really that's just a failure as far as storytelling goes um when that really doesn't it doesn't go anywhere um it doesn't make a, a movie that is about a war between two opposing sides to have your the side that you're supposed to be rooting for your your protagonist to be conflicted back and forth with each other and i understand that a lot of people are going to say but no see that's the brilliance we've always had before that they got along but now we're showing these characters and they can't get along because in war you know everyone doesn't just get along and so see ryan's brilliant because he came up with this and you know he he was bold but it really fails on so many levels because if that's what you wanted to do, first off, I would argue, um, a quick look at the prequels. You had a lot of infighting with, uh, what was going on with the Jedi stuff with Anakin, uh, dealings with the Senate. Um, all of these things were already there. And then even if you look at the original trilogy and empire strikes back, Han and Leia argue back and forth like crazy. I mean, that was basically their, their relationship was they, had very differing uh, ways of going about things. And so they always fought and argued. The difference is, is, in the end, when it came to making a decision, what they're arguing, they were arguing about the different ideas and possibilities of what to do to get away from the Empire. And then they kind of came together in the end. And they always kind of were working together, not working opposites. And that was what built up their characters while with Ryan, what he did is they just, they ignored each other they didn't talk to each other and then they butted heads, but he lacked the development of, okay, this is why they're failing. They're failing because they're not talking. And to an extent that you saw that happen, but here's a chance when, empire strikes back and then return of the jedi the empire loses and now we have all of a sudden the first order is back and because they blew up uh, a few planets they're in power just right there and a lot of people are asking how did they get up in power well here's an opportunity to to show and explain that the, the reason the first order was able to rise is because there's constant infighting inside of the resistance and we've seen it if you've read some books like bloodline and stuff like that that the senate is fractured because of the differing opinions of you know having a more centralized government versus having a little more you know each planet having more control of their own freedoms and so but those are in the books and those aren't in the movies and you know there's a few diehards out there that read everything and the canon is you know ultimately the the most important thing but when you're looking directly at a movie and for 90 to 95 percent of the moviegoers they don't know this and so you had a chance in this movie to show and kind of explain or express in a way that the reason that the First Order has been able to rise up is because everyone's infighting the Resistance. Everyone has a different opinion on how each thing needs to be done. And because of this, they stagnate as the First Order being led by one overarching power that kind of controls everything has allowed them to kind of build up much faster than the Resistance has been able to hold them back. And it didn't really go into that. It showed that you know, they failed on some of the missions or ideas that they were wanting to do in this movie, but it didn't make it, I didn't, and I haven't really heard anyone else talk about this. So if you're going to try to say, no, this is always what I believed. It kind of seems like you're, you know, using my explanation of how it could have been a better movie to then try to say, no, that was what Ryan meant, which I've never heard anyone talk about this, but you know, they didn't use it to kind of represent or push back to show as a whole This has been the failure that's allowed the First Order to rise. Secondly, just like when Luke in Empire Strikes Back, when he goes and doesn't listen to Obi-Wan, doesn't listen to Yoda, doesn't even listen to Leia, who's telling him it's a trap once he gets on Bespin, and he believes that he can deal with Vader, he ends up getting whooped. He gets his hand cut off. He ends up basically trying to commit suicide and he failed (laughs) his friends end up having to rescue him and his other friend is now in carbonite and he has to go rescue him everything he was attempting to do failed because he failed to learn from yoda as he should have and he failed to acknowledge that his experience his lack of experience uh should have told him to obey what they were saying just like he did in a new hope that's why the the arc of his character in the original trilogy so brilliant but in a new hope he understands he lacks and he lacks experience and he now realizes that he needs to listen to obi-wan even though he doesn't fully understand the force and fully understand how to connect it he needs to rely and trust on that not trust on the technology but trust in this and that's how he succeeds and then here after succeeding getting a medal's. Um, being viewed as this Jedi now the only Jedi that anyone knows of in the galaxy at this point he's viewed a hero he kinda gets a little cocky and starts to think you know, I can handle things I'm on yeah you know hey uh, you know I failed in the cave but ultimately I did beat Vader I mean I cut his head off so I can handle him and then boom he he is knocked down a notch we don't really feel that with any of our characters in the last show and i know a lot of people say well poe did but yeah, that's 50 50 uh, a lot of people just say that the whole ordeal with poe and i've got a video on poe is actually the hero and it's debatable um where it actually goes i mean obviously i lean one side but there's a lot of other people that lean another way but that's one character uh there was nothing ray learned from her issues there was nothing that uh finn learned and really, if you look at how, what happened to all of these characters, if you skip this movie, you don't miss anything. Uh, if episode nine starts out and we have, unfortunately, Carrie Fisher's death, so now you say Poe's the leader of the resistance and he's just a good leader, you would, you would be like, oh, okay, yeah, if you've never seen eight. If you go from seven to then eight, you would just, yeah, okay, that's, I accept it. I mean, that's not even really questionable. If you say, oh, well, Finn's full in with the resistance. He's He's... All with the resistance now. After episode seven, you're like, yeah. I, I mean, you yeah, know, he went and helped out Ray. I mean, I know he was trying to help out Ray, but yeah, that makes sense. If Ray is just a Jedi that has powers and can basically do whatever she wants, you're like, yeah, I saw that in seven. There's, there's no nothing happens. Up, oh, we got a new character, Rose, but that's that's it. None of the characters really changed. So this conflict between them did nothing, and. It makes it even worse because in the first episode the ultimately the resistance won and then in the second episode you have a chance to build up fear in the villain and this was some of the stuff we were talking about with empire strikes back and this comes back from my argument where somebody said uh, my rant against dork side of the force article that empire strikes back ruined star wars before the last Jedi*. I won't go into that i've got the video on that i'll have it linked at the end or maybe in the cards but he the discussion is that vader was constantly just choking out random opponents now this in and of itself doesn't make him a terrifying villain but when you see that and they're constantly outsmarting or they're constantly on the heels of the protagonists. And the only way the protagonists get away for a moment is simply because the protagonist came up with a, a great idea like sticking to the back of the Star Destroyer so that they wouldn't see them and then releasing themselves off with the trash. And yet even in that, Vader was smart enough to hire some bounty hunters to be able to kind of think like a smuggler because they're a military force, the Empire is, and they think, you know, strategy. They think strategy as far as typically how military personnel would do it. And so he hires bounty hunters to track down a smuggler because a smuggler is going to use these different tactics that they may not have ever considered. And in so doing, Boba Fett hunts him down and finds him. So ultimately, the Empire, each point, outsmarts them. He outsmarts Luke to trick him to come there. He outsmarts uh, Han and Leia. It's From every single point, and the the thing that makes it so great is that it makes the protagonists, your heroes, seem so much better. Because anytime they do get away, you're like, "Oh man, I was genius." As opposed to, and now in the Last Jedi, where you make the villains just a group of bumbling idiots, you're like, "Yeah, of course anyone would have got away. These guys are stupid. Like every little thing they did was..." just a dumb decision and that's how the resistance continues to get away and then you add in the fact that there's conflict in between them the moment they're not conflicting you're like oh yeah they beat you know they survived when there was no there when there was conflict everywhere so now that there is no conflict you're like yeah of course they're gonna win they won in the force awakens when they weren't you know having conflict now they had conflict they still survived and that's the problem with nothing happening to any of our main characters. There's no, there's no change between these characters. As I explained, you can argue of change happening in The Last Jedi, but ultimately you could just as easily argue that if you skipped it and moved to Episode 9, no one would bat an eye that these things are happening. No one would say, oh, that doesn't make any sense. How could Poe be the leader of the Resistance? How is Finn just now part of the Resistance? How is Rey a powerful Jedi? like there's there's no change with episode 8 not being there so all of these things happened in the movie but they never went anywhere with it there was nothing you know There was no resounding change and then there's no struggle from that point on and you know episode 5 Luke loses a hand he's clearly lost to Vader you think there's just zero chance he's gonna be able to beat Vader And then you go to Han. Han's gone. He's always found a way to get away. He is the the best smuggler. He's able to maneuver his way out of everything. We've seen it, we expect it. And then boom, he isn't. And he's frozen in carbonite. And it's gonna have to be a princess and a young farm boy that's gonna have to figure out how to get him away from these bounty hunters and this underworld that's been so dangerous han's been running from them that's the setup after episode five what do you have here you don't have anything here there's no worry oh kyle the only thing you had you killed because we've seen hucks now being a bumbling idiot which was stupid um making dumb mistakes you know allowing prank calls to slow him down so dreadnought gets destroyed even Hux said because the argument's going to be oh, but they've got so many weapons. So even Hux says it in the middle of the movie. He goes, "What's the point of having all this if we can't shoot down a single ship?" It's a great point there, Hux. That's a great point. So Hux realizes that's not going to be a happen. He he he's a bumbling idiot throughout this movie. And then you got Kylo. Okay. Well, Kylo, we saw him get whooped. We saw him get beat by Ray. Um. And you could argue that, yeah, he got shot with a blaster and he was slowly being hurt. And then Rey focused on the force, even though she still needed to learn how to focus on the force in 8. But we won't go there. And But then at the end of the movie, when they're pulling the lightsabers and they're both trying to force pull, it stays in the middle. So at best, they're even now. So either way, if you could argue that, oh, he lost because... You know these side things which i did with the force awakens i wanted to have hope for episode 8 so i tried to you know i i accepted all of these excuses for why he lost but then this happens with ray they show that they're kind of equal power and we know ray's just you know super powered for whatever reason and then when he goes and he's now the supreme leader he makes stupid decisions throughout the whole thing that allows the resistance to get away so ultimately there was never a point where the protagonists, the heroes outsmarted the villains to get away it was villains screwing up so now as soon as you see the villain the protagonist making smart decisions you're going to be like yeah we never worry about it we never worry about it at all As opposed to an episode uh, when (laughs) Return of the Jedi, when they realize it's a trap, you immediately remember, oh crap, Vader pulled a trap on Luke and he got devastated. What's going to happen? What's going to happen here? The Emperor now pulled a trap. Vader's leader pulled a trap on him. So this is why killing Snoke was so stupid. Um. I've done many videos on it and everyone can argue that it doesn't matter or whatever, but it matters for this topic and the conflict and the villains because we've seen Hux fail. We've seen Kylo fail. We've seen both of them fail for two movies. The whole thing with Snoke was okay. Yeah, but he's been off on the side. Now he's going to step in and he's going to make the, the big smart decisions and you can be like, Oh, well, that's just a dumb fanboy thinking that. Well, no, that's someone trying to consider what smart storytelling would be because that's the only logical thing that you could have fear of is someone that's been on the outside. That's been able to build up this power and you don't understand it because everyone's making mistakes. But now, Oh, here he is. He's, he's just hasn't been around right now. Maybe he was testing his, you know, subordinates and he's shown that they failed and he's so powerful. He was willing to let them screw up a couple of times before he stepped in and really proved his point of how smart and how wise he is. But you kill them off. So there's nowhere to go. So the conflict is constantly weak. And then the fact, as I had mentioned before, none of the heroes ever being hurt. No one dies. No one's like, if you at least would have maybe, you know, had Finn and Rose not get away and get back to Crate. When, not, the, not even have them die when the Radis goes light speed to the supremacy, but just have them be captured at that point where at least you have to feel a sense of fear for your characters but as you're watching the movie and everyone's getting picked off but none of your heroes are and at the end of the movie you're all your heroes are there you don't you, you don't feel a sense of like ah oh, we lost here this was rough like you just don't like it it's it's just you you subconsciously understand that there nothing's going to happen to the good guys. No one lost a hand, no one lost an arm, like, nothing. There's no sign of loss with them. It even ends with Leia saying, we've got all we need. Yeah, because you got all the heroes. They, They were never punished for making stupid mistakes, and that's where the conflict fails in between them. You know, Han ultimately didn't listen to Leia. They always disagreed and always argued. And even though that built up their personal relationship, the back and forth where there was always this, you know, kind of arguments when she says something's up with Lando, Han's just kind of like, yeah, but we, you know, whatever. We got to, this is my side of the thing. I understand that, you know, I understand this world better than you do. Just, you know, it's okay. And then he ends up, boom, being frozen carbonite. Luke ignores. Yoda, then Obi-Wan, then Leia. He loses a hand. There's no loss here because of mistakes. There's no payment for the conflict for them to learn from. The only reason they're not going to have conflict now is because Rose has fallen in love with Finn because of reasons. And Holdo's dead. So there went your conflict. You just... (laughs) He just killed one of the characters and made the weirdest relationship choice ever in the history of movies for the other one. That's how you solved your conflict and this is good storytelling? It's just, as each point of conflict failed. And that's why the movie just doesn't feel interesting. That's why a large majority of people, after watching episode 8, was like, I don't even care about 9. What intrigue is there? There's nothing left. There's no conflict that could, you know, excite me. What What about it is exciting? Oh, they bring a whole nother new group that's then going to be terrifying in? Well, okay. But, you know, that, that just proves that Ryan Johnson's storytelling was so bad. They had to just rewrite. They just had to create a whole new, you know, side thing. Anyways, those are my thoughts on that. Um, tomorrow I'm going to do why star Wars, why the humor in the last Jedi fails. Um, especially after I, I went for a more humorous approach to explaining why last shot last Jedi failed. I've had a few people ask me to kind of explain why the original trilogy humor worked and last Jedi just doesn't. And so I've been rewatching the original trilogies a bit, trying to make sure I got a good grasp of that humor before Explaining that so I'll put that video out tomorrow. I look forward to hearing all of your thoughts down below On this conflict. I mean uh, Lack of conflict failure to write conflict in this story as far as it goes for me But I always look forward to hearing your comments and discussing them down below with you I'll post some of the videos I mentioned right here as well, and uh, I'll post the link to my T public page down below And of course As always, thank you very much for watching, and never forget you Nerf Herders, I love you.